You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome to Prophet Pearls, recorded live from the city of the prophets, Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel. This is Nehemia Gordon with Keith Johnson. I am so excited to be exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow in the city where Isaiah preached in the public squares, in the streets where Zechariah spoke the word of God, in the very place where Jeremiah prophesied. But today we're doing Samson, and I don't know that he ever was in Jerusalem because really? at the time it was a Jebusite city. Oh my goodness. Wow. So we're, this is like old, old time. I mean, we're way yeah, back. We're doing uh, Samson. He wasn't doing, even born yet in our story. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that something? So we're at Jackson 13.2. We're not going to allow it to be 13.2. Supposed to be 13.2, can't allow it to be 13.2. Why? The verse before it sets the context for why 13.2 is important, in my opinion. So can I give the first verse? 13.1, you mean? Yes, I'd like to give 13.1. Go ahead. You're going outside it's, the portion. I'm going, up, go I'm going outside. No, I learned from the best. Now let's go to this chapter. Go ahead. <laughs> Judges 13.1. Now the sons of Israel again, say again. Again. Did evil, say evil. Evil. In the sight of Yehovah, say Yehovah. Yehovah. So that Yehovah gave them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. If you don't get that verse, it just seems to me like starting out in 13.2, you've really missed something important. It's just like just one day he decided to do it. We're going to get to what this is, but this sets the context. And what I like about this context is it shows, it says again that this is a cycle that was taking place. And again, it shows that Yehovah actually dis, does something, which I have to say is a bit controversial. The controversy for me is that when I read that, it says... He gave them into the hands of the enemies. I mean, so it's not like, you know, the enemies all of a sudden grew up to have some great uh, power. or We've overpowered the God of Israel. No, that is not the case. It says he gave them into the hands of the Philistines. And then it gives the amount of time, which it says Mm. for 40 years, which I think is pretty interesting within itself. You see that? I got to say, I I can't read these stories in Judges. Mm -hmm. And and this is true of all of Judges, but especially here where I hear about um, God giving over Israel to suffer at the hands of the Palestinians and and not tie it to modern times. I just can't do it. What do you mean the hands of the Palestinians? It's the Philistines. Right. But Philistines is plishtim in Hebrew, and the word Palestinian comes from, it's the same word, Isn't from the same derivation. Isn't that interesting? Well, you have to say yeah. that. You have to explain that. So so you can't, so you're saying you can't read about that in the past and not deal with that now. I just can't. Meaning, and, and there's a bigger concept here, which is that when Israel sins, God gives us over to suffer at the hands of a foreign nation. Mm-hmm. This is something we see, it's actually stated more clearly in the first few chapters of Judges, but we see examples of it throughout the Tanakh. We see it with the Babylonians. We see it with the Syrians. Uh, and here we're seeing it with the Philistines. Now, the Palestinians today are actually Arabs. Um, and why are they called Palestinians? Because the Romans wanted to strip the land of Israel of its Jewish identity mm-hmm. after the Bar Kokhba revolt in 135. Mm-hmm. And so they renamed the province of Judea. They renamed it Palestina. Mm-hmm. And Palestina was the, 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 you know, they remembered that there had been these Philistines in this land. And so the Roman pronunciation of, of uh, Philistia, of the land of, the, mm-hmm. of Peleshet in Hebrew, mm-hmm. was Palestina. Mm-hmm. And later, uh, Arabs invaded in the year 638 A.D., and uh, settled here, and um, there were actually waves of invasions, and there were invasions of Turks and various other peoples and crusaders. And um, and today the, the Palestinians are descendants of, of different waves of people who came, but they're called Palestinians because of the Roman name for Judea. Now, I'm asking a question. In Arabic, isn't there an issue with the, if even the issue of being able to say Philistine? Right, so, the, so there's no puh in Arabic. Mm-hmm. So when a Palestinian tries to say in English, Palestinian, in, in, unless he's very good at English, he'll say Palestinian mm-hmm. and Palestine. 
Um, now, I should say that Palestinians, up until 1964, referred to Jews who lived in the uh, British Mandate of Palestine. 1917, the the British conquer of uh, uh, Philistine, mm-hmm. it was called, under the Turks. They conquer it, and they call it Palestine in English. And Palis- there were Palestinians who were who were actually Jews. Mm-hmm. Arabs were never called Palestinians mm-hmm. until uh, in, until ni- around 1964 when they plotted to wipe out the Jews. They said, "Look, Arabs have 22 countries. We can't call ourselves Arabs. We've got to be able to make an exclusive claim to that land where the Jews live." So they called themselves Palestinians. I got to tell you something so interesting about this, and I really wish I was a more up to date in what the situation was. Last year at our tour, BFA does a tour to Israel. It's our third year that we're doing it. About to do it in the next uh, couple weeks. But there was a couple on our tour, and we went to Bethlehem, uh, Bethlehem, and uh, this is actually their hometown of, of, mm. of, of Bethlehem. They actually are living in the United States, uh, have um, have what I can say, uh, can I use this word, um, can I use the word citizenship? Um, I don't in, know. In, in, in the, they are, they are. But, <laughs> but, but what's so interesting is they showed me that the, there actually was a, pal, uh, a passport mm-hmm. that, was a pal, that said Palestine from, mm. from whatever it was, and I was like... You know, I, mean, I really was going through this issue. It's like, so, so when did this happen that, the you know, when, you know, they're from this particular area and it, and in the passport, it said Palestine. Hmm. And I don't know if you know, if you know about that, like when, when it shifted or when it switched or what the, what the exact year was where, where it sh- shifted. But when, when she was born, she was born and she's not, she's not Arab. She, mm-hmm. you know, she actually happens to be um, a, um, uh, a Christian from uh, Bethlehem. Um, <clears throat> but. But that was what was on that was on the actual uh, on her document. actual passport, yeah, on the yeah. document. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so, up in, so, so basically, up until Israel declared independence in 1948, between 1917 and 1948, the land of Israel was called Palestine, mm-hmm. and it was a British uh, occupied territory. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was called Philistine under the um, under the Turks. But the people here were never called Palestinians; they were, mm-hmm. they were Arabs. And, um, you know, it, this identity of the Palestinians as a separate people is really something that only came about in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, on, and, and really, it's an identity that's still evolving, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, that there will be Israeli Arabs who are citizens of the state of Israel. And you'll ask them, are they Palestinians? Some will say yes, some will say no, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, there, there's, there's this evolving identity um, of this new people, which isn't so unusual. Think about it. There was a country called Czechoslovakia. And for, you know... 50 years or however long it was, 100 years, there were people who said, I'm Czechoslovakian. Today, no such country exists. Now there's the Czechs and there's the Slovaks. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. But Israel is not some recent people from 100 years ago. We were a people that goes back 3,500 years. Mm-hmm. We were uh, you know, formed in the crucible of Egypt and um, uh, fashioned in the desert and then brought into the land. And mm-hmm. then we sinned. when we sinned, we were turned over, turned over to the Palestinians of old, mm-hmm. the Philistines. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this. You know, we were actually said I couldn't start on thirteen two without going to thirteen one. Yeah. The actual portion begins in thirteen two, and I think it's kind of interesting how it starts because it says mm-hmm. there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and then it says, and his wife was barren and had borne no children. Now you know I keep beating this drum, and I'm going to beat it again. I, beat it, brother! <laughs> I'm going to beat this drum. So here you read about this, and it starts out, and it says, there was a certain man of Zorah. And I'm thinking it's going to be about the man. And then it drops the next phrase. And his wife was barren. And then it says, and had and bore no children. Well, if she's barren, she's not going to bear any children. Mm. Right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. And what's her name? And, it, and that's what I was about to say. <laughs> that's what I was going to I mean, Let me beat my drum. Sorry, yeah. So here the story I comes up. I your glory. No, 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 I hate when you do that. 
But it doesn't give us her, it doesn't give us her name, and it's so significant to me because as we go through the story, there's a lot about her that jumps off the page to me that I think I want to be able to make mention to. So we don't know her name, but we do know she's a central. She becomes central to this issue because the angel of the Lord appeared to Zora. No, to, to Zora. No, Zora's I'm sorry, Manoah. Did the angel of the Lord appear to Noah? No, it Manoah. says the angel of Yehovah appeared to the woman. Not even gives her name again. Why not her name? And says to her, behold now, you are barren and have borne no children. Now, I think children is an addition of English. You are barren and you have not born. Nothing has come forth. Is that fair? In other words, you're, when you're looking at this, it doesn't actually, I don't think it says children. Well, it says, yeah. you haven't given birth. You haven't given birth. Okay. so and, you that, not- and that's an interesting word. It's a verb that comes from the word yelled, mm-hmm. which means child. So... Yaladit is you gave or Yalda is she gave birth. Here she gave birth. you gave birth. So it says here, behold, now you are barren. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, you are barren and have no uh, children. Have not come. You've not born children, but you shall. And I think this is such a great phrase. Yeah. But you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Boy, mm-hmm. I wonder if you, that whole phrase. Do we see that anywhere else? But you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Mm-hmm. But you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Wow. What you got? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, I, when I read that phrase, I'm like, okay, something's about to happen here. And uh, But then it says in the 13.4, unless you want to say something about that. Are you okay? No, I'm good. Okay. Now, therefore, be careful. Guard it. Keep it. Not to drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. Now, I get the whole not to drink wine or strong drink. Why? Well, let me say what I say I get. She's about to. She's gonna have this. She's about to have this baby, and she's gonna say not to drink wine or strong drink. And I'm thinking, okay, that's got to be related to something. We're gonna find out what it is. We got a list of, of verses before we find out what it is. Nor eat any unclean thing. Well, the unclean thing. It, I mean, maybe I'm making an assumption here. Wouldn't it be automatic that she's not eating unclean? Not whether she's pregnant or not pregnant, that she's not eating unclean. So here we've got to uh, explain. There's two different meanings of unclean, mm-hmm. or there are. <laughs> All right. So, uh, blah, blah. Yeah. I think we need to go back to Numbers chapter 6. Can we do that? Because that's the parallel passage here. Okay. It's, a- it's actually the passage that is in this week's Torah portion, and this is the prophet's portion that parallels it. Mm-hmm. But specifically, we, we just got to read this. For those that don't know, mm-hmm. if you're just now listening for the first time, yeah. folks, we did an entire recording of the Torah portions, an entire year uh, mm-hmm. of recordings. We did that in 2011 or 12. I never remember the year. People are listening to it every time, um, every year, every that cycle. Now the cycle is the prophet portions. And so there's the Torah portion and there's the prophet portion. And, and Nehemi is talking about connecting the two. Those They are connected. Right. Well, I mean, here we can't even understand the prophet portion unless we read the Torah. Like, what is mm-hmm. this about eating wine? And, what? Mm-hmm. And that's because there's something that's not being stated here that's implicit that if you read number six, you immediately will recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a key part of the story. And, and you know, I'm not going to read the whole passage. Go read it yourself. Numbers chapter six, starting in verse one. It's the section of the Nazir. Mm-hmm. Go listen to listen to the original uh, prophet. Uh, sorry. Listen to the original Torah pearls. And read that section, Numbers chapter and how 6. how do they listen to the original Torah pearls? They can listen to it on Nehemiahswall.com and mbfainternational.com. Awesome. Um, and it's talking here about this thing we call the Nazir. In English, they call it the Nazirite. Um, Nazir is this person who makes a certain type of vow. And during the time of his vow, he, um, he has all these rules he has to follow. The most famous of them is he can't cut his hair. And that mm-hmm. becomes a central thing in the story of, of um 
of um, uh, of Samson, yes. who we're going to find out this is really about Samson's birth. Um, but the other thing is he's not allowed to drink wine, mm-hmm. and he's not, you know so so um, and this is a little bit of a departure because it doesn't say you know the, the the rule of the Nazarite is a man decides you know what for thirteen days or any random number you choose really it's up to you for thirteen days I'm going to be a Nazarite and you make this as a vow to Yehovah mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a limited time thing. Well, Samson is a different situation. He never took a vow. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's this angel who is telling his mother. You know, you have this situation where um, the boy is going to be a Nazarite, mm-hmm. and um, and he's telling her not to drink wine. Well, it didn't say anything about that in number six because we weren't dealing there with a lifelong Nazarite. We were dealing where, with a limited time Nazarite. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the point where we have to say, well, did, did such a thing even exist in the Torah? And if it, you know, the Torah doesn't mention it. So here we're talking about a different sort of Nazarite. Um, specifically, the Nazarite has a sacrifice he brings at the end of his term. Well, Samson, there was no um, – the term never ended. It was his whole life. Yeah, exactly. something. So, yeah. Um, and so when we're dealing here with the issue of uncleanness, so the na- Nazir, he has to maintain a state of ritual cleanness. Mm-hmm. Now, the average person, the, you know, you and I, we don't need to maintain a state of ritual cleanness. That, that's not something we're commanded to do. Um, if we go to the temple, we've got to be ritually clean. Mm-hmm. Um so, uh, yeah. So when he's telling her don't eat something unclean, he's not talking about pork, mm-hmm. which is an unclean animal. He's actually talking about something that would make you richly unclean. And that, how that's do we my know take. that? By the word? Or is it something else? No, I, I think I think from what you exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Why, why would the angel tell her to do something that she's commanded to do in the Torah? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So what would it mean? It has to be... And this is a distinction. If you read in Leviticus 11, you have two categories. Let me read you the last verse of last couple of verses of Leviticus 11, so you see what I'm talking about. Because I, I feel like I don't know. We, we've been recording all day, and you're not with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> all right. So Leviticus chapter 11, um, which is a you know, and here's where things get complicated. You know, in English we talk about, or in, even in Hebrew, we'll say something's kosher and unkosher. Mm-hmm. That word never appears in the, in the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. The word is clean and unclean. But again, there's two different types of things here. Leviticus 11, 46 to 47 says, These are the instructions concerning animals, birds, all living creatures that move in water, and all creatures that swarm on earth, for distinguishing between the unclean and the clean, between the living things that may be eaten and the living things that may not be eaten. So there we have things that if you touch them, you'll become unclean, especially Mm -hmm. when they're dead specifically. Mm -hmm. And then you have things that you may eat and not eat. And those are two different kinds of things. And so here it's telling her not to eat something unclean and presumably from the context of the Nazarite, it's so that she doesn't become unclean Mm -hmm. and thereby make the child unclean. Mm -hmm. Now you're right. It's possible that he's saying don't eat pork, but that's a strange thing for the angel to say. Well, I didn't say say for sure. I'm just saying when she says nor eating any unclean thing, the question becomes, is this something further? Is it, is it beyond beyond that and I think that's what I think so in other words that's my take on it Um, you know if you want to disagree that's fine but my take on it is that because he's this Nazarite and wants to maintain a state of ritual cleanness um, that he she's she's giving this getting this sort of you know commandment that a regular person wouldn't be required to do Mm -hmm. Uh, just like you know the Nazarite wouldn't drink wine the Nazarite wouldn't eat something that's ritually unclean Um, even though you and I can eat that we just can't eat an unclean species Mm mm-hmm uh, does that make any sense? So, can you give an example of something that would be richly unclean? Um, 
Yeah, so, well, let, let me read you this. Number 6, verse 7, it says, Even if his father or mother or his brother or his sister should die, he must not defile himself for them, since, uh, this is the JPS, since hair set apart for his God is upon his head. Um, uh, throughout his term as a Nazarite, he is consecrated to Jehovah. And the word is kadosh, holy. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means a Nazarite is not allowed to go to a cemetery because if you touch a grave, mm-hmm. you become ritually unclean. He can't touch a grave. Even for his father or mother or his wife, he's not allowed to become ritually unclean because mm-hmm. he's holy to Yehovah. Mm-hmm. And that's some, you're allowed to touch a grave. You're allowed to become ritually unclean. The only time that that would be an issue is if you were going to the temple. Right. Then you would go through the process of the purification. Yep. But the Nazarite has to maintain a state of ritual purity, mm-hmm. whereas you and I don't. And here, what we're, so what's an example? Let's say, for example, I don't know, um, we've got a hamburger. And, um, and the hamburger is, uh, I don't want to be, um, how do I put this? Well, I'll just say it. So a woman who is menstruating, she makes the hamburger. And um, you and I could eat that. That's no problem whatsoever. But the Nazarite wouldn't be allowed to eat that. Okay. Because she makes that ritually unclean by touching it. That's a whole discussion in Leviticus 15. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he can't. Um, the Nazarite wouldn't be allowed to eat that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And that's actually really important because some people read Leviticus 15. They don't understand this whole context. They don't read the last couple of verses of Leviticus 15. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, the menstruating woman can't make any of my food. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's only if you're a Nazarite or you're going to the temple. That's, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which we did discuss that during the Torah pros. I actually, I was actually excited that we got into the depth of that because we talked about some actual practical, uh, practical modern day examples of where people get confused about that. Yeah. But then we do see this phrase again in 13.3 from 13.5. Yeah. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son. He says it once. You shall conceive and give birth to a son. Two verses later, for behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son. And now she goes no further. And and this is where we, if she didn't understand what was going on in verse 4, she probably does understand what's happening in verse 5. Because the, the connection is, no razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a, na- and he's given the explanation, shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver, it says, she, he shall begin to deliver, real interesting word there, um, to begin to deliver, um, uh, la hoshia. Uh, Israel from the hands of the Philistines. You're just going to gloss past that? No, I'm going to just read it first. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the process of the process of her saying, "Here's the son," and now here's what the son's going to do. Um, there's, you know, and again, if we don't read the first verse, forty years it says that they were handed in. This must mm-hmm. be the four, this must be that when he comes out, you're forty one, maybe, or, or maybe not for, or maybe it's, maybe it's when yeah, maybe it's when. He gets to the place that he knows what that what that year is. Well, going. and it says he will begin to uh, yeah, save Israel exactly. from the hand of the Philistines. He actually he didn't finish the process. It he was David that finished the isn't process. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but so that verb Lahoshia to save mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Here we have an angel coming and foretelling the birth of a child, and that child has a special status as a Nazarite, and we're told that that child will save Israel. Isn't that amazing? Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Hey, folks, if you've never read our book, A Prayer to Our Father, Hebrew Origins of the Lord's Prayer, um, it's a great book. But before that book is a book that, uh, well, let me say that. How can I put this? Let me put it this way. Let me let me put it this way. If you haven't read a book, A Prayer to Our Father, Hebrew Origins of the Lord's Prayer, uh, you you might want to read it. But before that book, Nehemiah, um, in the Hebrew Yeshua versus the Greek Jesus, didn't you address uh, something regarding this or no? I don't remember which book it was in, but it was, it's, it's in one of the books. <laughs> I don't know if you're with you. I got to be honest I've written so many folks. books, I don't know what's in It's so book. funny. You know what? It really is kind of funny because we're here, and we really, we know, we, we are vexed. <laughs> we 
we're getting pushed to the wall. And I'm saying, you read a book. And I'm thinking, wait, Keith, you're halfway in a sentence. What are you trying to say? <laughs> so I guess what you're talking about is in uh, uh, the Gospel of Matthew where, where there's an angel that appears to... Uh, <laughs> to Okay, I think this is... Uh, <laughs> which book are we talking about? I don't remember which book it's in, but it's in one of the books. I don't remember. Are you kidding I me? We don't book, know which book it's in. I wrote the book over 10 years ago. I don't remember what's in it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's phenomenal because you're talking about the angel that came uh, to Mary. And, and, yeah. and, and it's really from the manuscript. Uh, in, in the, um, the Hebrew Matthew. The Hebrew Matthew. And, and it really is a powerful thing because, again, we, we, a couple... Maybe that's in the Naming uh, of Jesus book. I don't know. Yeah, but... It's yeah. somewhere in there. Anyway, but, but the point is... Read all the books. You read all the books. But the point is, we talked earlier, and I actually was giving you a softball regarding what the word yeah. word, uh, of the root of the words for salvation and saying... Yeah, the Hoshia is the root is Yud, Shin, And then you just talked about this phrase yeah. and saying, you know, and saying saying what, the, what it is, you'll be a Nazarite to God from them, and shall begin to, and the word deliver in English... Lehoshia. Or save, yeah. And then again, when we get... Oh, it's to, deliver in English? Yeah, in English. In Hebrew, yeah. it's to save. Yeah, okay. it's Hoshia. So anyway, <clears throat> yes. it's awesome. Now the angel let's foretells the birth of the Savior. Exactly. Then the woman Judges came. chapter 13. Here's right where things there. get really yeah. interesting to me. More husband-wife stuff. Husbands mm-hmm. and wives, listen up on this one. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, and I think this is interesting. Mm-hmm. She says this in verse 6. She says, um, ah, ha, ha, ha. Ish ha Elohim. A man of God came to me and his appearance was like the appearance of of the angel of God. So she gives first the fact that he's a man of God. Then she goes on to give the explanation of him saying, but I will just tell you something. He looked like what? A melech, an angel, malach. a malach. Yeah. Very awesome, she says. And I did not ask him where he came from or where he's from, nor did he tell me his name. And for very awesome, the Hebrew is very terrifying. Very terrifying. Wow. Can you imagine yeah. having that happen? I mean, just Why does she say he's a man of God? Why does she just say he's an angel of well, God? She doesn't know. If it quacks like a duck and looks like a duck, <laughs> it's a duck. Maybe right? she'd never seen before or heard or never had this had this happen and wasn't 100% sure. In well, how, fact, does, the story, how does she know it looks like an angel of okay, God? Okay, but here's what's funny. She's no this, angel the, God sto- like. the story is going to give us another hint about mm. this, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah. I want to get to it if we can. Right. But I, yeah, uh, go on. But he said to me... Behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, and now you shall not drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And then she adds something really interesting yeah. to the day of his death. Now, the angel actually didn't say it. Maybe the angel did say it, and it's not in, What's in the text. What's recorded is the angel says from the womb. Doesn't She She seems to add, as far as we can tell, the day until the day of his death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Maybe the angel said it. It's just not recorded. But from mm-hmm. what we know, she added... That reminds me of the story of Adam and Eve, where mm-hmm. they were told not to eat of it, and, and when she's speaking to the, or he was told not to eat of it, and the, but the way she got the the message was they weren't supposed to eat of it or even touch it. Okay. Now you have something you want to say about this before I move on? Um. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, blah, you don't have to say something to him. I mean, if you if you. <laughs> well. <laughs> Really Go ahead. No, so number six, we definitely have this idea of this lifelong Nazarite, mm-hmm. which is unique. This is the only place in the entire Tanakh. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the Septuagint, for example, Samuel, it, we're told, is in the lifelong Nazarite. But that's really? not in the Tanakh. Yeah, in the Septuagint. So, so did I say the Septuagint? Yeah. What did I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the Septuagint, so that would mean possibly two, but, but... Some people don't know the Septuagint. Can you tell them what that that's is? That's the ancient Greek translation of the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, that's what I got. Let's go on. Okay. Now, here's where things get interesting to me. Um, 
so she goes to her husband. Let me set this up. She go. She has this amazing thing happen. She gets this word. This is what's going to happen. She believes it, I guess. Um, yeah. She tells him what the deal. And then Manoa does this. Now, I have to be honest. Um, and and, and the husbands and wives that are listening, I asked the question. Uh, I had asked the question, if it was if it was me, what would I have said? Andrea comes to me and says, hey, I want to let you know. Um, I received, A man of God came. He looked to me like an angel. And he says that we're going to have uh, a son and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My prayer might not be like Manoah. <laughs> you know, Manoah's prayer is, uh, oh, Lord, please... Let the man of God whom you... He doesn't even question if it happened. Mm-hmm. He just assumes, yes, it happened. Yeah. But I need something. Could you have him come back? Not to tell me if this is really what he said, but that he may teach us what to do for the boy who is to be born. I just... That's strange, you, Are you buying that? It's, it's strange. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it's amazing. Because, because they were given the instructions. So what more does he want? I think what he's really trying to say is, could you have the man of God come back so I could see for so myself? I can see? I think you're right. <laughs> well, the reason I think that is, is a little bit more because as we go through the story. Yeah. But, um, and there's really something interesting about that. The story starts out by giving us Manoah's name. doesn't give us uh, the wife's name, but yet the first conversation is from uh, the man of God to the wife. And I've actually had some people uh, talk to me about, you know, how women were treated uh, differently and the ways that women were treated. And there weren't an example where the angel went to the woman. And I'm like, here's a story right here where the angel didn't even go to the husband first. The angel went to her. And I think that maybe that would have been the end of the story, except that Manoah decided to pray and say, okay, uh, Yehovah, please let the man of God come back. And and then here comes the answer. It says it in thirteen nine Nehemiah. It says, and he answered. Who did? He it, it you know it just says, and he answered. Now in English it says, God listened to the voice of Manoah. What does it say in Hebrew? Uh, which verse are we in? <laughs> Okay. All right. No, no, so here we have verse nine. And God heard the voice and he heard the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again to the to the woman, and she was sitting in the field, and uh, Manoah, her husband, was not with her. I think this is funny. Yeah, there is an so, irony for, here. No, it's really funny. So first the angel comes to her. Manoah prays and says, "Okay, please send him back." And it even says, "God listened to the prayer of Manoah." But he sends him back. Well, and in the pr- <laughs> to her in the prayer, he says, uh, "You know, uh, let him come to us." He exactly. should have said, "Let him come to me." Yeah. Well, <laughs> either way, <laughs> us. Which one of us, Kimosabi? Right, Kimosabi. Right. Who's, who's we, Kimosabi? But but her husband was not with her. Now again, like this is the kind of stuff I just have to say, Nehemiah, that when I'm reading scripture, this is where I have these slow down moments. Yeah. Because I slow down and I ask myself, this is it's a really minor thing. It's mm-hmm. a really minor yeah. thing. But God listened to the voice. What was the what was the prayer? Send the angel to us. Yeah. And the angel of God came again to the woman. Don't know her name, but she's had her second visitation, mm-hmm. and she was sitting in the field. But and then it lets us know. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Like unlike in Genesis chapter uh, chapter two. Um, I'm sorry, was it a three? Um, where it says, and she took of the fruit, and her husband was with her. It's like a, like a, like a sidelight. It's like lets you know that Adam is sitting right there yeah. while she's going through this. And in this situation, he, the angel comes. She's sitting in the field and her husband is not with her. So what does the woman do? She runs quickly and tells her husband, behold, the man who came the other day has appeared to me. Then what does he do? <laughs> He's a smart man. He follows his wife. And when he came to the man, he said to him, <laughs> he asked him the question. Now, I wonder if he's in the same appearance. 
Is he still appearing like this awesome angel that she says? And if so, he asked the question. Now, she already said, the man's come back. What does Manoah do? Are you the man? <laughs> What's he asking him? Are you the man? Of course he's the man. You prayed? Look, he's skeptical. It's come just, on, let's be honest. the same? Does he look if, awesome? If Andrea came to you today and said an angel appeared to me and he looked, you know, a man appeared to me and he looked like an angel and you'd be calling the doctor and, you know, having her evaluated. Am I right? <laughs> okay, no, I think maybe so. not. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, I would definitely want to know, but, but, but there is something interesting. And again, I, I, want, I want to get to the fun part yeah. here because it says in verse 11, it says, it says, so he says, are you the man who spoke to the woman? He doesn't say, are you the man who spoke to my wife? Hey, are you the man who spoke to the woman? I mean, is that just not weird to you? Like, no, because the word for woman also means wife. Exactly. Sense. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. <laughs> so tell the people that. <laughs> right. In other words, he could, well, but he could have said, uh, yeah. are you the man who spoke to my wife? Mm-hmm. But he says, are you the man who spoke to the wife? Yes. Um, the wife. Or the woman is yes. the same word in Hebrew. Yes. Yes. I don't know that I'd read anything into that, though. No, no. I think okay. it's interesting just from a, just, just knowing that that word is Ha'isha. Oh, okay. yeah. And then he says, and then he says, Ani. Ani, I am. Yeah. Does he say I am or I? Oh, he literally says I. There it is says no Hebrew. I. It doesn't say. Yeah, there is no word for am in typical Hebrew. <laughs> I, mean, I am that I am. All right. All okay. right. But the word am is implied. Yes. So it's I. Yeah. Okay. I am. I. Then Manoah says the statement of faith. When your words come to pass, as I know they shall, mm-hmm. what shall be the boy's mode of life? And I'm thinking instead he's asking this question. When your words come to pass, what shall I name the boy? That's not what he's. Yeah, yeah, that's not the thing he's interested in. He's not interested. He's not asking the, the boy's name. He still he says, what shall be the boy's, you know, I think it's what well, he uses the word here, mishpat. What, what shall be the boy's judgment? What, right. what, what, Which what means the law. What shall be the law? Yeah. Of life and his vocation. Wow. Vocation? No, and that's what it says. And his, and his action. And his action. What will he do? Right. What's he got to do? 13. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the... <laughs> What? Why are you laughing? Let the woman pay attention that all I said. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's still. Everything that I. Poor Manoah. I I just got to be honest. Poor Manoah. You know, the angel comes, goes to his wife, tells them the situation. Then he prays about it. The angel goes back to his wife. And then he sees the, and he says, okay, we spoke to the woman. Now tell me what is it that's going to happen? And she says, let the woman pay attention that all that I said. Doesn't even talk to him again. He's not in the conversation. What are you reading? Exactly? No, I'm looking here. There's 13 verse 12. Let the woman pay attention. That's what it says, Nehemiah. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, let the woman pay attention to all that I said. That's, uh, see, I was confused. That's not what it says in Hebrew at all. It's exactly. What does it say? It says, from all that I... Uh, is that really what it says? Of course it is. What? It says, from all that I said to the woman, you shall you shall diligently guard. You shall guard. You shall do. In other words, I already told you what to do. Just do what the woman told, uh, said. I already told her, yeah. and that's the exact opposite of what you have. Yeah, is that is that like common in the translations? I mean, I have so the angel of the Lord. Let's look Wait, at a couple no, other translations. Translations. I'm shocked. What translation is that? NASB. Like, why did they switch it 180 degrees? Um. So the JPS has the woman must abstain from all the things about which I warned her. Mm. Um. Oh, I see what's happening here. Okay. This is interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the last word in the verse is tishamer, mm-hmm. which means, and it's ambiguous, the meaning in Hebrew could have two possible meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, it could mean 
you will guard or well, she, she will guard. And what's that right. based on, Nehemiah? So that's what do you mean? That's there's two forms in Hebrew that are the same. Don't say it isn't. It's not. It's not an obvious. It's tell obvious. The people, what do you tell, mean? No, tell the people. All right. This is great. So in Hebrew, you have these four suffixes for future verbs. Aleph um, yud tav nun, and the tav could mean you or it could mean she. Exactly. And so this is ambiguous, and it could mean she. Um, and I guess the argument of making it she is that um, the next verse, let's see, she should not. is that she should not drink. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it could be you, meaning, you know, you want to know what to do. Um, you know, here's what you should do. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about what's commanded to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, this, this, this is interesting. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but I'm shocked though. Your translation is just completely different. I mean, yeah. let the woman pay attention to all that I said. Yeah, I don't know. I see. So they're doing it with the with the she. Mm-hmm. Okay, got yeah. it. It could be either way. They're both very possible. All yeah. right. So it's not as bad as you thought. Uh, it's it not as bad as I thought. Okay, it, awesome. it, it's been self. But self- you know what's really interesting? And I, you know, I'm gonna. This is. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not ready to talk about it right now because I, okay. I think we're in the middle of the story. But I just think yeah. it's really interesting. Um, Nehemiah, that first when we said that we look at the different translations, you're like, hey, what's going on here? And then immediately you could look. Yeah. When you're looking in the Hebrew, you could see, oh, I can see what's going on here. Yeah. Why could you see what's going on? Here? I mean, I wouldn't have translated it that way. But, no, you know, but you can identify, you can identify yeah. what it was that they were struggling with. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at a word that potentially could mean she. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Judges 13, 14 says she should not eat anything that comes from the vine or drink wine. And again, I think this is grace. I'm going to explain it to you again. She should not eat anything that comes from the vine nor drink wine or strong drink. Did he not say that earlier? Mm, nor did, yeah. eat any unclean thing. Let her observe all that I commanded. May it be that we would all learn to go according to all that is commanded. Then the angel, uh, Manoah said to the angel of Yehovah, please, let, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, please let us detain you so that we may prepare a young goat for you. Now he's going to be a host, a good host. You know, I mean, here comes the angel. Mm-hmm. What does the angel do? You've done this great work. It's time to eat. Mm-hmm. Boy, and I, people can learn something from that. You know, yeah, you've yeah. worked all day. You've come and you've done all these things. You, you've done five prophet pearls. It's now time to, for me to take you to eat. And she says, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Please let us detain you so that we may you prepare. You can detain me, Keith, for yes. some lamb. Oh, God, or goat I need here. that tonight. Yeah. And the angel of Yehovah said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food, but if you insist and you want to prepare a burnt offering, offer it to Yehovah. And then here comes the statement. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of Yehovah. Or I would say an angel of Yehovah, but okay. okay. I guess it could be either. He didn't know. And then, and so, so Manoah doesn't know that, at least at this point, he's not aware of what's, what's going on. That's what it clearly says in the text. Mm-hmm. We get to the fun part now. Manoah said to the angel of Yehovah, simple question. I mean, and we hear this all through scripture. How did he not know he was the angel? She said he was a man of God who looked like an angel. Look, I, I'm back to it. Talks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. I don't understand. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I tell you, you know, I, I met a man on the street and he was wearing a police uniform and he had a badge. And a gun. And a gun. And he was like, he, he, he looked like a policeman. So he's a policeman. Or, or maybe he's not. But he, if you're telling me he looks like one, like, I, I don't understand. Can I throw a little controversy out here? Sure. So did Abraham know uh, when, the, when the men of God came uh, that they were... Doesn't say that they looked like angels. D- doesn't say that. Meaning, I, and I don't know what an angel looks like. That's another she question. She says that. What does an angel... She says I understand. that she thinks that it looks like an angel. So let's put this... What does an angel look like? We don't know. 
But she knows that it looks. She like, says. He looks she like says. An angel. No, she says a man of God came. For, so first of all, he must have. Does shown he have up. wings? No. Let me Is say. Some, let me say from from the text. I think we could argue this. He clearly looks like a man. Yeah. Okay. So from Noah's perspective and from her perspective, he looks like a man. But there's something special. At least she sees something special. This is mysterious. No, I, it's mysterious. Okay. I want people to go to NehemiahsWall.com and post your thoughts. Why did she think he looked like an angel? And how is it if, if according to her, he looked like an angel and that Manoah can't figure it out? What, what does someone explain it to me? Okay. Please offer your hypotheses, and you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's figured it out. Please come share it. NehemiahsWall.com. Awesome. Don't waste your time at BFAInternational.com with the question. Please don't do that. Um, Only go to BFAInternational.com, not with your theories, but you better have an answer because I'm telling you we're going to challenge you. (laughs) Just kidding. Hey, but it says, the angel of Yehovah said to him, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're missing the the key verse. What verse are you in? 17. Yeah. So now Manoah asks a question that we hear in scripture. What is your name? Mm -hmm. So that when your words come to pass, (laughs) this is the reason I need to know your name. Mm -hmm. We may put up a plaque. That says, in honor to the name of, <laughs> is that what he's saying here? What that is your name so that we you. may honor you? And what does may honor you? So is that really, does he want to know the name for that reason? Yeah. Really? So he can tell the neighbors so that when I can say, this is the angel who came, this was his name. Shmuley was here and he spoke the truth and we must honor him. That's what he, he wants to know the guy's name so he can give him honor. <laughs> His name is whatever it is, you know? <laughs> okay, here comes the verse I've been saying for three verses. It's a fun verse. Yeah. This is where I think it really is fun. It says, but the angel of Yehovah, and this is clearly the angel of Yehovah, it says in the text, mm-hmm. why do you ask my name seeing, and let's just look at a few translations here. Folks, I want to have you to do something. I want you to get at least, shut the recording off for a second. Go get a Bible translation. Two translations, it doesn't matter what they are, and open up to Judges 13, 18. And when you open up to Judges 13, 18, let's ask the question, and Nehemiah, you do this best, you can do it the fastest, to look at what the other English translations say. So you want me to See, do that? Yes, right now, while they're getting their Bibles, um, let's look at the KJV, the NIV, the JPS, the NASB, um, and see what they say. Because in, in my translation here, in the NASB, and from a few few sessions ago, we talked about this word, but in my translation, it says, why do you ask my name, seeing that it is wonderful? So his name is wonderful. Well, he doesn't say that's my name. Oh, my name is wonderful. Why? So King James says, why askest, askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? That's Okay. JPS has, you must not ask for my name. It is unknowable. Mm. Um, that was NIV you brought. So NR- no NASB. I oh NASB. Give me the NIV. The NIV, the nearly inspired version. He replied, "Why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding." Mm. Um, NRSV says, uh, "Why do you ask my name? It is too wonderful." Mm. Okay, so we've got pretty much I don't know five different options, but they're not that different. Okay. Meaning, um, okay. So well, what does it say in the Hebrew, Keith? Mm. Can you please? Th- I want you to do the word of the week and tell people what. We already the did this word of the week two weeks ago. We, we did, did this that, exact We did word. that root, not that word. So let's so we teach didn't him, do the word? Let's teach him another word at, from the same root. Oh, okay. Since we did it's do a the key word. word. Can we, okay. Can we so we, what, what do we know? That we've got each word. And as, as my as my Hebrew teacher, and i got to say something to him. You're the, you, you, you by far are in the top two of the toughest teachers I've ever had. One would be you, and one would be the teacher at Hebrew University. <laughs> You're okay. both from the same root. What is it about you people? <laughs> 
so anyways, he says, seeing that my name, it is wonderful. And in the word itself, um, uh, let's see. Pelai. Peli. 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 Yeah. Pe Lamed Aleph. Yud. In the Yud. Yud. And the interesting thing about this is this is actually an, an adjective. Um, that it's and I, and again I, I don't accept you don't that. accept that it's an adjective. Uh, that's what it says in your computer program, yeah, but, yeah, but that's yeah, not that, so clear. You don't think so? No, it's not so clear at all. First of all, we've got something really unusual here, which is a silent olive. Mm-hmm. The olive is there. It's not that unusual. Like in the word bereshit, which is the word that means Genesis, you mm-hmm. have a silent olive. So anyway, we have meaning. Uh, so this is a silent olive. Peli. Yeah. It's as if the olive isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's not peli. Um, it's peli, mm-hmm. pe lamed aleph yud, and the aleph just tells you that aleph was there in the root, mm-hmm. um, like in bereshit. Mm-hmm. The aleph isn't pronounced. So I want to ask you a question, yeah. Nehemiah. You said peli. Why did you not say feli? Yeah, feli is. So it's feli. Yeah, I caught word. you. I caught you. I caught you. You said peli. It's feli. <laughs> so if we take Why? the word because by itself, it's actually peli. Yeah, but in the, if we read it in the sentence, yeah, you say vahu feli, and that has to do with uh, ending the word who yep. with um, with an open consonant, yep. an open. Um, I'm too tired to say. So there's two options. So yeah. you, can, you can have the, you can have the pay sound, or what we call the soft pay, or the fei right. sound. Right. And what's interesting about this, and actually this is this is a little this is a little small thing. It's a small thing, mm-hmm. but um, if you're learning to read Hebrew, uh, it's it's an important thing, it, mm-hmm. and especially for people like you who say that's not how you say it. So if I was reading this verse and I said, if you, no, you're you reading the verse and you say who Peli, you're wrong. You're wrong. You have to but if that. I tell, you know ask you what is the name, you can yeah. say Peli. So, but here's correct. what's interesting. Here's what's interesting about this. Um, yeah. As we mentioned, there's the three word, three letters Pe, Lamed, Aleph, and and you said you don't see it as an as an adjective. So maybe it's an adjective. I, I think don't know. it's an adjective. Uh, I mean, right. in other words, what else would it be? Um, so you have these, what's called a noun. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's complicated. Basically, it's complicated. no. So you have these sentences in Hebrew yep. where um, where there's no word, there's no is. Yep. And it's a nominative sentence. So, for example, you say, you know, um, I don't know, hugadol. Uh, he is big. He's big. So big there, I guess, technically is an adjective, but in that sentence, it's the um, you know, it's the pre- I guess you got like subject and predicate. Mm-hmm. So. Arguably, it's functioning as a noun. Mm-hmm. So, he is big as an adjective. Not in Hebrew. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. I, I, guess, I guess you could call it an adjective. Yeah, yeah. No, here's not. Linguists okay. argue about these They argue Whatever. back and forth. But in, anyway, Whatever. in the situation, what what is wonderful about this word? Did you catch that? What is wonderful about this word? It has been translated <laughs> <laughs> translated oh into God. different 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 ways of saying it. Yeah. But I think the question becomes. What, is what does really it mean? Yeah, so let's mean? give some examples of where this appears. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Keith. Well, no, you've got the computer. So we've got Psalm 119, Psalm 119 verse 18, yep. right? Yep. Where it says, uh, uncover my eyes that I may see the wonderful hidden things of your Torah. So yes. that's from the same root. It's uh, Niflaot there. Yep. Um, we talked about in, in Jeremiah, I think it was. That was the one that we just did. Yeah, we just yeah. did that a few weeks ago where God says, you know, uh, is anything beyond my ability is, is too difficult for me. And that's mm-hmm. the same word, yipale. Mm-hmm. Um, and here it's peli or feli, mm-hmm. which is um, from the same root. So it's so this could really be translated, it is hidden, it is too difficult, mm-hmm. it is beyond understanding. All of those are correct. Mm-hmm. It's this word that has all of those meanings. And um, yeah. so what is the name? And I've actually heard people who say the name of the angel is peli. P-E-L-I. That's, that's the really? angel's name. Yeah. Yeah, well, but well, but but in the context, he's saying no. You can't know my name. It's 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 not. It's it's beyond understanding. Yeah, 
And now, let me tell you what I like about this yeah. verse. And I say like about it is because this verse is also then used by some people to say, well, really, the angel is Yehovah. And this is Yehovah saying, my name is too hidden, too amazing, too well, you can never know it. And what if Yehovah would have said that to Moses? Moses says, what is your name? And he says, look, you can't even know it. It's hidden. It's un. It's unpronounceable. Unknowable. It's, un- it's unknowable. It's and isn't that interesting, Nehemiah? So we go to this verse, and the angel, we don't know the angel's name. What is the angel's name? We it don't know. clearly doesn't say, and we don't know what his name is. But what if Yehovah said that? My name is that. And that's not what's happening here. It's exact. It's the exact opposite. When Moses asks the question, he tells them exactly what his name is. And he tells them what to tell the people of Israel. Tell them, when you want to say what my name is, it is this. And of course, that's where we get into the issues of understanding what the meaning of his name is. He was, he is, and he shall be based on understanding just a little bit about the way that he um, reveals his name to Moses in the language. Now, can we talk about angels and names? Sure. So what are the angels who are named in the Tanakh? Who are they? Wow. Michael. Michael or yes. Michael. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have... And Gabriel. 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 Yep, Gabriel. Those are the only two angels that are named in the Tanakh mm-hmm. that are given names. That's only in the book of Daniel. In the wow. entire Tanakh, there's only two angels that have names. Mm. And they're in the book of Daniel. Um, and in the rest of the Tanakh, we don't have a single angel whose name we know. We have repeatedly this statement, Malach Yehovah. Um, an angel of Yehovah, a messenger of Yehovah, or sometimes it's the messenger of Yehovah, Malach Elohim, Malach Elohim. So, um, which is interesting. These angels don't have names until you get to Daniel, then you have two angels in particular circumstances that have names. I do think it's interesting that the angel says, look, don't bring me sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Whoever this angel is, is if you want to offer a sacrifice, he says, offer it to Yehovah, don't offer it to me. I think that's pretty cool. Well, I think he's pointing to his, and Malach means messenger. He's He's pointing to the one who sent him, which is Yehovah. That's not disputed. Nobody disputes that. He's saying, look, I'm just the messenger. Send it to the, send it to my boss, Yehovah. Mm. Wow. That's pretty cool. So it says here, um, after that happens, he he asks them the question. He gives it, you know, he gives, he gives the, the answer. Then Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered on the rock, on the rock. Uh, so I guess it must have been an, an, uh, something that was normally a famous rock, a rock that maybe is where, it was where the Mayflower landed. Who knows? I mean, I it says know. a rock, and and he performed, and then it says, and he now oh, this is interesting. So it says, so Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered on the rock to Yehovah, and then in English it says, and he performed wonders. What? What, what wonders? What did he do? Oh, we're about to find out. Uh huh. He performed wonders while Manoah. <laughs> and of course, the word is from the same root, yes. Mafli, yes. from the root Pe Lamed Aleph. Isn't that amazing? So he, he's saying, "My name is Peli," and then he does a Peli thing. Ah, and you know, and that's I got to say again, that's what's so cool about Hebrew, where you see that yeah. there's these these words that are connected puns, etc. Yeah. Where there's you know Plus this word, pun. that other word, etc. Um, and then he, here comes the wonder. Here comes the hidden. Mm-hmm. Here comes the amazing. Here comes yeah. the the wonderful. Uh, I can't figure it out kind of thing. For it came about when the flame went up from the altar. Now it says it's not now. Now it's not a rock. And if we ask the question, we offered it on the rock. Here it says it's the altar. Well, once you're offering it yep. on that rock, that exactly. rock becomes the altar. Mizbeach. It's an unhewn stone. And it says here, and 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 from the altar toward heaven, and the, and that the angel of Yehovah ascended in the flame of the altar. Wow. Hmm. And Manoah and his wife did what I would probably do, except for I probably wouldn't just fall on my face. That'd be it. <laughs> they fell on <laughs> their have a heart faces. attack. Well, they fell on their faces to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
wow. I mean, they had an encounter. Yeah. You know, with this. And, and I think what's interesting about it to, to, to me is that maybe he did show up and maybe they didn't know. Was it an angel? Is it not an angel? The fact is that he would show up as a man. And we know definitely mm-hmm. whatever a man looked like at that time, he must have looked like a man. Mm-hmm. Maybe he looked like something else, as you say, that um, why didn't they know it was an angel? He has a man, like a man coming with fire out of his head. I, we don't know. But when this happens, yeah. everything changes. All yeah. of a sudden, he becomes fire. And yeah. I mean, there's that. Yeah. We could do a can, whole can study on that. Twenty one, twenty two. Yes. And the angel of Yehovah did not again appear to Manoach and his wife. Then Manoach knew Kimalach Yehovahu that he is an angel, the angel of Yehovah. That's when he knew. That's when he knew. After after he goes up in a wisp of smoke, then he knows. Mm-hmm. And Manoach said to his wife, "We will surely die, Ki Elohim Ra'inu, for we have seen God." Wow. And I'm. I'll be honest. I'm as confused as Manoach is. Did he see God or did he see the angel? And, and I think the answer is, this is, you know, we're almost forced to... What do you mean you think the answer is? She gives the answer. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, go on. No, no, no. It says, he Read says... verse 23. He says, he says, he says, we will surely die. It's over on the logistics yeah. guy. It's done. We've seen God. But his wife said to him, because she's practical. Yeah. If Yehovah had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering right. from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have let us hear things like this at this time. Yeah. That's, that doesn't pre- answer the question about whether they saw God or not. So okay. Did they see God or did they see an angel? They saw an angel. The, the Bible is, clearly says... So why does he say Elohim Ra'inu, we saw God? Because Manoah is confused. He's been confused from the beginning of the story. And that's why the angel didn't go to him I have first. a different answer. <laughs> Okay. Which is that the Hebrew word Elohim means God, but yes. it also means angels. Okay. And I think we've talked about that. Yep. Um, I think we did. I don't know. But in any event, we can see that here. Um, you know, and we got this. What is Manoach talking about? Why does he think if you see God, you'll die? Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely religions in the world and, and ancient pagans who believe that you could see God and there was no problem with it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the story of... Um, uh, the people who believed that you know Zeus and Hermes were walking among them in mm-hmm, Acts, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they didn't say, "Oh, we're going to die because we saw Zeus or Hermes." But here is what Manoach knows. He knows Exodus thirty three twenty, um, where uh, and he said, "You cannot see my face, for a man Amen. will not see me uh, and live. A man cannot see me and live." God mm-hmm. says to Moses. So Manoach says, "Wait a minute. If we saw God, we're dead." And and um, and Manoach is clearly clearly confused or maybe not maybe he means we saw angels that's we saw an angel well, well you got well, why would you die from seeing an angel there's some confusion here okay do me a favor so you said there's an examples where Elohim, where Elohim is angels or an angel can you give us the example I need an example you can't say that to me if, if Manoah said to his wife we will surely die for we have seen God Manoah thinks and you're saying that Manoah really isn't saying God Manoah is saying we saw. I'm saying an, that's one possibility. So the so the I so need probably an the, probably the the uh, the best example that I can give you is going to be with the, the 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 witch of Endor, um, the Balat Ov or the mm-hmm. spirit mistress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Saul goes to her, and I'm looking for the passage. Give me a minute. No problem. Um, it's a little difficult because we're looking for the word Elohim. Appears <laughs> 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 everywhere. Appears pretty much everywhere. Yes. Um, you know. <laughs> While you're doing that, no, yeah. so, so, so while you're doing that, now again, I was reading it from this perspective. I was reading it from the perspective of Manoah, who's throughout the story, you know, he steps in at different times looking for the logistics and the mm-hmm. clarity, you know, hey, can we get you something to eat? Hey, what's your name? Hey, can you come back and explain? I thought you already told my wife. And he's doing his thing, he's doing his thing, he's doing his thing. And then he comes to the end and he says, okay, we will surely die, for we have seen God. He's, I, 
I say Manoah still is confused. Manoah's being Manoah. And his wife is being practical. We don't know her name, but boy, she's practical. She says, listen, if Yehovah desired to kill us, it would have happened a long time ago. No, he would have accepted a burnt offering, a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would have he let us hear these things like at this time. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, so my, my verse here for Elohim meaning an angel is 1 Samuel twenty eight thirteen. Yes. When the woman, I'm going to read verse, from verse 12. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, have no fear. What do you see? The woman said to Saul, this is in the NRSV, I see a divine being coming up out of the ground. And in mm. Hebrew it says, um, Elohim ra'iti olim min ha'aretz. Literally, Elohim, plural, mm-hmm. I see coming up out of the earth. How do I know it's plural? Because she says olim, uh-huh. which is the, the, uh-huh. the verb there is plural. Come on with that, brother. Um, so Elohim's I see coming up, they are coming up. From the ground, mm-hmm. um, and most people understand that she didn't see gods; she, she actually saw angels, mm-hmm. uh, or she, what she thought was angels. It turned out it wasn't angels. It's it funny because you also fun. mentioned that sometimes the pagans will say Elohim, yeah, and and treat it as a different. Uh, right. Well, they'll treat it this way where it's plural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there are perhaps other passages. That's maybe the clearest one. Okay, to me about that. Yeah. Uh, so he asked this question, and like I said, whether whatever he was confused about. We know he didn't see God. We know that he saw he saw this uh, he saw this uh, this this man who morphed into a flame, and that certainly wasn't God. Meaning that wasn't Yehovah. Well, according to the gentleman who was speaking to my mother, it was. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And let me just say something well, about. Wait this. a minute. No, I'm going dead serious. Here's here's what I'm. And can I do the ministry minute? Because I'm I'm Go ahead. really this. <laughs> <laughs> I said something before we started. We edit this whole no, thing no, out. we cannot edit the whole thing, <laughs> folks. You're getting it just the way it came. You know, I, I deal with this thing. I say the know it sums. You know, and and I and I don't know anything. I am a I am a neophyte. I just know little, 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 little bit. And what I do know, I always ask myself the question: How does it make a difference in my life? Like, can, how can this make a difference in my life? And this is not so much the ministry minute. I just want to say. Uh, one of the things that this confuses me is where people don't always know what the information is, even the stuff they don't know. Like there's some stuff we just don't know. Is that fair? Some things we just can't know. There's libraries but full of there stuff are I don't know. Libraries of things we can't know. But there are some things that we actually can know. And what always frustrates me, if I can just take my minute, is when it's not something that we don't know, but it becomes law. You know, well, this is definitely the case. And And sometimes it just confuses me. That conversation that he's having with her. With your mother, I, I don't know if I could have sat. Were you there when he, the yeah. conversation? Well, by that so what time, did you by say, that. So what did you say? Um, I was just listening. You just sat and yeah. let your mom turn. <laughs> my, my, and I tried to help flesh it out. I, and mm. I asked him, like, you know, does this have to do with the Trinity or not the Trinity? Mm. And um, my mother was just really confused mm-hmm. by what he was saying. And honestly, when it came to the, yeah, I mean, the, wow. I, he, okay. he seemed a little confused, too, to be honest with you. <laughs> Well, can I give the good news of this story? Sure. What's it says the then news? the woman gave birth to a son, mm-hmm. and it never we never hear anything about uh, the son, uh, what his name is going to be, mm-hmm. until he's actually born. The woman gave birth to a son, and she named I think it says this mm-hmm. uh, named him Samson, mm-hmm. and the child grew up, and the and Yehovah blessed him, uh, and the spirit of Yehovah began. Oh well, actually. Do we go to 25? Yeah. Yes. So. And the spirit of Yehovah began to stir him. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Began to stir him in uh, Mahanedan between Zorah and Eshtaol. 
In the camp of Don between Torah wow. and Ashdol. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want to ask this question, Nehemiah. When you um, see this, it says, that, let her hear all these things. And the woman gave birth to a son and named him Samson. Do you, is there anything that uh, makes you ask the question why his name is Samson? And what the name means? Well, I know what the name means. It comes mm-hmm. from the word Shemesh, which means sun. Mm-hmm. And he lives in the area of Beit Shemesh, house of the sun. People worship the sun. And it makes me suspicious of her. They have this experience with of, of an angel of Yehovah. This is a pearl. Work with this. And, and they, and they, but they live in an area where, uh, the, going back to the time of the Canaanites, people worshipped the sun. Mm-hmm. And the Israelites learned the ways of the Canaanites. And I've got to wonder, after all is, is said and done... Did she name him after the sun? Mm-hmm. And I, meaning uh, the sun in the sky. And, and, I could, and, and I can imagine a scenario happening where um, they see this figure and it, um, it impresses them. It goes up in a wisp of smoke up into the sky, mm-hmm. maybe up to the sun. Mm-hmm. And so they name their son Samson, mm-hmm. man of the sun. Um, it, it's a strange name to give the guy. And, and look, he, he is this complex figure, Samson. He really is. You know, on the one hand, he has the spirit of Yehovah, and he's described as a savior of Israel. He's coming to save Israel. On the other hand, he's having these um, relationships with these Philistine women. And, I mean, <laughs> this is not, you know, we can't look at Samson and say, here is our blameless, you know, uh, Messiah, um, or even someone who follows Torah all that much. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he's a Nazarite. He's not drinking wine. He's not cutting his hair. Like he, He's a complex figure. Yeah. I will say this, that I do think it's interesting, as it says, and, and the child grew up. You know, it's really funny. I want to do something that's really a little bit controversial. And I have the option to do this more times than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm a creative person. Mm-hmm. I really am. I'm a creative person. And I could look at something, if I had an agenda, I could say this. I'm going to tell you why her name was never mentioned. I'm going to tell you why, that, and I'm going to give you a good reason. And actually, this will be hard for you to argue that it's not true because I can't show you. And you can't couldn't show me. Couldn't, it, right. I'm going to tell you the reason that she was, why her name was never mentioned is because of the name she gave her son. She gave her name, her son, the name uh, the, for the son. And because of that, she was disqualified of having her name put into the scripture. <laughs> Sounds completely and utterly ridiculous. But you know what? It could be. It could be. And, and, and my point is. These are legion. The thousands of times where I'll see something like this, where I could literally make an argument, and, and it would be hard for you to say it, it isn't the case. But can I can I now go? Can I just go a little further on something? Sure. What I do think is, and I think we talked about this Nehemia a long time ago. There is a thousand things that we can't know, mm-hmm. but there's a million things that we can know. And if I could just understand the things that we can know, I mean. It would take up the rest of my life. And that's really what I really want to focus on because I have learned over time that there are a lot of things that we just can't know. I don't need to create some new theology or new denomination or a new following. There's enough just right here in the text that that makes me want to shout. Can you (laughs) shout, please? (laughs) Hallelujah. It's time for the ministry minute. Come on, give us something, Nehemiah. Yeah. um, You know, my ministry is McCord Hebrew Foundation, website, Nehemiahswall.com. Come over, sign up for the free newsletter, join the support team, and, and uh, get some of the support team studies. There's some wonderful studies in mm-hmm. there. And, um, you know, and just, just come in. There's just so much you can yeah. listen. There's hundreds of hours of stuff you yes, can listen to. Is. Prophet Pearls and Torah Pearls and the podcast. 
and um, you know, come over, get involved. Post your comments on the website. Uh, when, you know, for each of these episodes, when you're listening to it, you can also come and post your comments. People are having these intricate discussions that go on. <laughs> Some of them are like 30 pages long. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe not write a whole Megilla, but yeah. um, but know, definitely put something in. Yeah, come and share your thoughts. Yeah. We really want you to be involved in this. Uh, that you know. It's not just about me and Keith talking to ourselves no. or you know talking to the wall. We want you to be involved. In, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's funny. You're getting tired. I can tell you're tired because oh, so normally tired. when you talk about the ministry minute, boy, your eyes light up and you get excited. And now you're like, oh, it's been, it's been, it's been. listen. And you know what? You can be pretty casual about it, but when people get there, they're going to be excited. Uh, this week, you can go to the front of bfainternational.com and you're going to see Scripture Bites Biblical Hebrew Audio Course, which means you're going to get a chance to go and learn um, really basic Hebrew, understanding the consonants and the and some of the other things around it. But the idea is to help you begin to get the tools so that when you hear, whether it's we're talking about some construction of a word, you can at least interact with that information. Um, we're putting it initially in the premium content library, partially so that we can have a controlled group of people that actually will go through the um, biblical Hebrew course, respond. Here's what's great about it. You're going to have an audio of what's going on and a PDF that you can actually download and go through and tear it up. You can scratch it up. You can say it's wrong. And we want that. We want those comments because throughout the summer, we're going to get comments about this. And hopefully by the time we start the next portion, the Torah so- cycle, we'll have an entire biblical Hebrew course for beginners that will be made available to all of our registered members. So you're, we really do need your help. Please go to the front. You'll see a, a course. That, a lesson will come up every week, week and a half for you to go through to respond. And that'll be right on the front page for all our premium content library folks. Hopefully you'll sign up for that. And if you don't like it, good news, you can actually uh, sign up for seven days free. No problem. If you don't like it, you cancel. There aren't any issues. But this is the second week of, of having the Biblical Hebrew audio course. Thank you so much, Nehemia, for being such a tough teacher. I went through um, Hebrew at um, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. They taught me Hebrew so that I could impress the congregation. Here's this word. It's from the Hebrew. And, you know, the preacher gets up and does that. Then all of a sudden, I see you reading from a Bible, and I'm thinking it's English because you're translating it in English. And I look over your shoulder, and it's Hebrew, and it caused envy and jealousy in me because I thought, how can he be reading the book that I'm supposed to understand, and I can't even interact with it that way? And over these last 13 years, I at least can interact a little bit, and now I want to share that with the people so they can do the same thing. So be it. So be it. Anything else on this section? I think we, I think we got it. Okay, can awesome. You end, can you end in prayer, please? I will end in prayer, and then we're going to put you to bed. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to make it to the Purim party tonight. <laughs> Father, thank you for us being here. Thank you for the challenges that are in front of us. What we do know and what we don't know. Help us to be uh, like the wife who accepts it. Um, and, and even in Manoah, what he did do is he prayed and said, Give me more. I need to understand more exactly, because if this is you, I want to know exactly what I'm supposed to do. So for all of us that are listening and all of us that are going through this, we help us to be people that hear it, understand it, and then live it. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to continue to do as we interact with your word, your will, and your way. In your name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit nehemiaswall.com and bfainternational.com. 